Welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I am your host, Adam Kasser, here with my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? Mr. Kasser, it is wonderful. Great day to be alive. We are, of course, less than a month till Mercury is in retrograde. Great time. We will be counting down those days here on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. But even more so, even more importantly, perhaps the biggest story of them all. Jewish New Year. I know. Rosh Hashanah is a very big holiday. 5781, brand That's new right. year. The New York Islanders are out of the playoffs. What a time. What a time to be alive. Mm-hmm. They, gave us, they gave us a little scare there. They gave us a yes. little scare that maybe they could have done it. But I would personally like to thank a couple people. Uh, number one, Andre Vasilevsky, the goaltender for the Tampa Bay Lightning. I would like to thank Victor Hedman, defenseman for the Tampa Bay Lightning, who you could make a case single-handedly won the Tampa Bay Lightning in the series against the New York Islanders. Third, I would like to thank Ryan McDonough for being just an outstanding, outstanding person. And then number four, I would like to thank John Cooper for being a great alumni of the world's greatest university. Hofstra. It's true. And I would also like to just give a big congratulations to Tampa Bay Lightning in general for winning the Hofstra Derby. It really, it really was just something to behold. It really was. Well, now they have the Ben Bishop Derby in the Stanley Cup true. final. True. We've gone from the Hofstra Derby to the Ben Bishop Derby. It's going to be excellent. It's no thanks be excellent. for Anthony Sorelli, who scored the uh, overtime winner. Uh, the, the Anthony Sorelli jersey is in the mail. Okay. In the mail. The funny thing, it's so Islanders that that's the goal that they went out of the playoffs on. The most dinky, not even a, a good-looking goal. It just went on. It was like it almost went in, and then it went off of uh, Varlamov's pad. That's, I agree. It, 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 it really wasn't the prettiest thing I've ever seen, but hey. It counts. You'll get the job done. They all count for one. Amen to that. All right. So yeah, it's great. I'm doing. I'm doing well. Um, excited to talk about football. You know, we had the uh, Thursday night game on Thursday, of course. Duh. And we have a bunch, a bunch of games to talk about on Sunday. And let's do it. It's a lot. So let's start off with Thursday. The Battle of Ohio. This game, scoreline-wise, is very deceptive. Because really, it did not look like a five-point game all the way through. Not even, not even close. Ew. The Browns really pulled away in the around halftime. Basically, they they kind of pulled away, and uh, it was just too little, too late for uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. But really, Joe Burrow did look pretty solid this game you know we had 316 yards three touchdowns no interceptions uh only took three sacks but he threw the ball 61 times also yeah i thought burrow i thought joe burrow looked okay i'm not gonna say he looked great i'm not gonna say he looked terrible um there were a couple plays that really just stood out the fumble yeah in the third quarter was that the strip sack by miles garrett yes you're talking about that's yeah. the one. That was just poor from Burrow. I think he's got to do better in terms of getting the ball out. But I know, I know it's easier said than done when 
you're playing behind an offensive line that is Swiss cheese at best. But then the one that really stands out for me, which I, I just think, you know, if you're going to really succeed and be a true um, NFL quarterback, it was the timeout that Burrow tried to call, but called it at the snap. And then they took a 18 yard loss or whatever it was. That's just inexcusable to happen. And again, I mean, you could say it's the terrible Bengals offensive line, but it's inexperience from Joe Burrow. He's going to learn. He's going to continue to make these mistakes. But in, in all, all in all, it should really help him uh, become a much, much better quarterback in the long run. So um, I, I've said that I'm just not a believer in Joe Burrow in year one. Um, I think he's better off left on certain bench, benches. But, you know, in certain spot starts, he can come out and impress. And this was perhaps one of them. I don't think he blew the cover off of, you know, any defense or anything like that, but he gave you three touchdowns. He gave you plenty of volume. So all in all, I think it was an okay, okay start for, uh, for anybody who started Joe Burrow. Yeah. And uh, not an ideal game for Joe Mixon either. Um, 16 yard, 16 carries for 46 yards, uh, no touchdowns. I mean, this is, you, you think this is more of like a game script sort of thing? I have no, I have no idea. Um, Zach Taylor may be the worst head coach of the National Football League. It makes absolutely no sense. That's saying a lot, considering that Adam Gaze is also in the National Football League. Yeah, he makes Adam Gaze look competent. It just makes no sense to me how you pay Joe Mixon franchise running back money, and you don't have him on the field on third down, or passing downs, or in garbage time. It it, it just makes no sense to me. And the offensive line is terrible, which hurt, which has hurt Joe Mixon throughout his career so far in Cincinnati. I mean, it, it was positive to see Joe Burrow finally get Joe Mixon more involved in the passing game. I think that was – it was a sign of something. I mean, Mixon didn't have a terrible night by any means. 12.6 fantasy points was really helped by those receptions in PPR, which is where the 12.6 comes from. But all, all in all, you definitely expect more from Joe Mixon, who at one point I was getting ready to pull my hair out when Giovanni Bernard got that goal line touchdown, which was inevitably called back. I was just sitting there and saying to myself, okay, so the Bengals offensive line can block for Giovanni Bernard, but they can't block for Joe Mixon. I, I actually was getting ready to pull my hair out. Yeah, no, I don't blame you. I, I really don't blame you. Um, and Gio Bernard, you know, he got more targets in the passing game than Joe Mixon. It makes no sense. Does not it make any sense abso- at all. Absolutely no sense. But, I mean, with that, let's move on to the pass catchers. And uh, A.J. Green, 13 targets to only get three catches from that for yep. 29 yards. Very, yep. very disappointing. Yep, not a good night for A.J. Green. Uh, Tyler Boyd was saved by that late garbage time touchdown. Yes. But – other than that, it was just a, a really bad night for um, the two standout uh, Cincinnati receivers. Boyd, Boyd got saved. I think he posted a 20 in, in, in PPR or something like that um, with that late touchdown. So if you flexed him or if you started him, congratulations, because it, it, it worked out with the, uh, with the garbage time numbers there. Yeah, unfortunate to, uh, about what happened with C.J. Uzoma also. He yes. He the touchdown, and it looks like he might be done for the season potentially. Yes. 
Yeah. Is that, do they confirm that? that he, no, uh, they haven't. They Achilles? haven't confirmed. They haven't confirmed it was the Achilles, but it definitely looked like it. Yeah. Very, very unfortunate. Uh, let's move on to Cleveland. And this is kind of like an average game for Baker Mayfield. I mean, his QBR was high. 98 QBR in this game. Yeah. But, uh, you know, 219 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Uh, didn't take any sacks. But really, the story of this game is the running game. Nick Chubb really – I mean, forget all that we said last week, I guess, or early, or Monday that we said about Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt because Nick Chubb went off in this game. 22 carries, 124 yards, two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt also had a great game, 10 carries for 86 yards and a touchdown, plus two catches for 15 yards and a touchdown. It was a very, very solid game from the Cleveland running backs. They're the best one-two running back combination in the National Football League, and they definitely showed it. Granted, it was against the Cincinnati Bengals, who I think if you're facing anybody who is playing the Cincinnati Bengals or if you have a player who's going up against Cincinnati Bengals, you better start them because the Bengals are going to be terrible. Their defense is shocking. Their defense is literally terrible. And they, they just couldn't stop a damn thing all night long. And you know what? Give credit to Kevin Stefanski. He really utilized the running game. He really utilized his backs. And I think there's a situation where you can start Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt and get production from both of them as, as evidenced by this matchup. So, um, you know, I had Chubb coming into this matchup as a top 12 option. I had Kareem Hunt as a top 20 option. I had both of them ranked higher than Joe Mixon. I didn't think that Joe Mixon was going to have a huge game, and I was right. So I'll give myself a pat on the back uh, for that one, uh, begrudgingly, I guess, considering I had to start Joe Mixon in a couple spots. But you never yeah. want to do your son like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but at the end, but at the end of the day, it's the Bengals' defense. I knew exactly what was coming, and what I predicted came true. Yep. And for the wide receivers, uh, this is kind of a shock for me because. And for you, I think also, because I think we both thought that Jarvis Landry was going to be the better receiver going into this matchup. But Odo Beckham really, I mean, that one, that touchdown that he caught was amazing, first of all. Yeah, so Odell had a really good game. He should have had two touchdowns if it wasn't for the uh, ghost pass interference that wasn't called. Mm -hmm. But a very good night for Odell, I think, you know, it sort of gives some sort of calm to those who drafted him, knowing that he can be a productive fantasy asset. As for Jarvis Landry, his hip is not right. His hip is not right. And I'm nervous, you know, really to say it because he, he looked a little bit off. The targets were not there for him. It was not a Jarvis Landry game. And it it hurt a lot of people who who started him, myself included. So, yeah, it was it was a down night for Jarvis Landry, and I'm going to be very hesitant to continue starting him unless I see something that can prove to me that he's back at close to full health because I have not seen it as of yet. And I know people were talking about Jarvis Landry, myself included, 
was talking about Jarvis Landry, Jarvis Landry being this safety blanket in PPR. He hasn't been that. He hasn't been that at all. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see and um, continue to assess this on a week on a, on a week to week basis. But as of right now, it, it was very it's very hard to continue ranking Jarvis Landry anywhere near my top thirty receivers. It's very 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 hard. Yeah, I mean this has the potential to be one of those situations where it's like Odo Beckham last year, where he's just going to be playing through the entire season with this, and it's going to hinder his uh, fantasy production. Yep. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Which would not be, uh, you know, it would suck for people who own Jarvis Landry, but such as life, I guess, with this sort of thing. Um, Is there anything else you want to talk about before we move on to uh, Sunday, Sunday's games? No, I think think we can uh, put a bow on this. All right, cool. Uh, Actually, the Browns got a new kicker, in case you didn't realize. Cody Parkey, he of the double do, he of the double doink. I did see that. Did uh, well, he didn't have any field goal attempts, but he was a perfect five for five with extra points. Yeah, and then Randy Bullock also did kind of well. You know, after faking his calf injury last week, yeah, yeah, he did all right. Well, I mean, how else are you going to excuse missing a chip shot field goal like that? True, just say you blew out your calf. Yeah, and it'd be perfectly fine two days later. Yep, Superman. Very much so. All right, the first game that we're going to talk about here for Sunday is Bills and the Dolphins in Florida. And what are you looking at here for Buffalo? I mean, I'm look. I'm looking at Josh Allen. I mean, I'm, I, I see him, and I say that this is another week where I think Josh Allen is a, is a must-start. Uh, of course, last week against the Jets, 312 yards, and ran for 57 with three total touchdowns. That's an outstanding week for Josh Allen. I mean, the Jets just really had no answer for him, and he got to do essentially whatever he wanted. Um, and I'm looking at what the Dolphins did last week against Cam Newton, where – they allowed two easy rushing touchdowns to Cam Newton last week. And I say Josh Allen is somewhat similar to what Cam Newton was. And I think in DFS, he's an outstanding start. And in seasonal, in, 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 in any sort of fantasy league, I think he's an outstanding start. I would be starting him in a heartbeat. I have him as a top seven quarterback this week. Yeah, the interesting thing is that Josh Allen – not only leads the Bills in passing yards, but also leads the Bills in rushing yards as well. So it, that, that is fascinating. Uh, 14 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown for uh, Josh Allen. Yeah, and I, and I guess this is when you're going to just tell me, now it's time to go talk about the running backs. Yeah, this is the, now is the time to talk about the running backs, just because do you think that Zach Moss is uh, going to build upon his performance last week? Um, well, it's very clear that Zach Moss is the red zone back, but he didn't score on the ground. So, and again, I think I I even said this on the show on Monday where Devin Singletary looked much better than Zach Moss did. So I don't really know what the bills are seeing there to say that Zach Moss is their is their guy. So, um, I would say if – me personally, I would be sitting both of them. I, I just want to see it from them first and give it another week and just see how it goes. 
Um, if I had to pick one of the two to start, I would say probably Zach Moss is the guy just because I think he's a better bet to score than Singletary is. I would say in PPR, PPR I would go Singletary. Half point, I would go Moss, and none, I would go Moss um, just because of the ability that Zach Moss could potentially score a touchdown, and he could he might potentially do that. I mean, as for Singletary, I mean, he's no more than a flex for me at this point. I mean, if he just continues to yield all those red zone touches to Zach Moss, then his value is going to go tank uh, very, very, very quickly. Uh, the, I will say that the Jets are a pretty solid run defense and the Dolphins are not. So that could be a sign of good things to come potentially for Devin Singletary or Zach Moss. So again, if I was going to start one of them, I would start Moss. But I just feel like for me, it's too risky to go out of my way to want to just pick and choose between the two of them and try and figure out who the guy is going to be this week. Yeah, the interesting thing about this is I like, you know, Stefan Diggs and John Brown in this game just because uh, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones are banged up for the Dolphins. And, I mean, is it looking like they're going to play? I don't really know. I think, they're, I think they're both questionable. Yeah, they are both questionable. Okay. So... Jones with the Achilles injury was limited on Wednesday and Xavier Howard with a knee was limited on Wednesday as okay. well. So worth looking out for. And so was Devontae Parker with the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at John Brown. I'm, say, I'm saying to myself, he had a great game last week against the Jets. Um, he's got that really nice chemistry with Josh Allen. But for me, this is just a game that I think I want to fade. John Brown, just because of the Dolphins' corners, I understand that they're banged up. I understand that there may not be those Dolphins' corners at 100%. But even then, I think that this is a game where I, I'm just more comfortable fading John Brown. As for Stephon Diggs, I would start him, but I don't have him ranked very highly. I do have him as a top 24 play, but... I think his his ceiling is potentially capped unless he scores. I mean, he had eight catches for 86 yards last week against the Jets. That's very, very solid. But again, I, I just don't see him doing much more than that against the Dolphins unless he scores. So um, again, he's a f- solid flex, but I would not have him be anything more than that i have him right now as my wide receiver 23 so just inside my top 24 hey by the way we have some minor 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 breaking news okay uh, zach taylor says that cj ozoma has a torn achilles and he's out for the season there you go so there you go that's from uh, the man himself adam shifter i thought he was going to come out and apologize to every single person who owns joe mixon but i guess not now coaches never do that Take it, from, take it from somebody with first-hand experience. Coaches, <laughs> coaches never apologize. No, they just do the no, same thing, hoping that it works. True. And then have uh, a, a beat reporter who doesn't even have press, press credentials uh, defend them on Twitter. True. Yeah. I'll tell you, that was the most interesting thing that happened all week was uh, Rich Samini dunking on Minish Mehta. 
the drama in Jetsland. Gotta love it. Yep. It's. Did you see it? By the way, I did. Yeah, it's great. It was quite comical. Yeah, I mean the guy. Anyway, so let's move on to the Dolphins. And you know, really, I think that I don't like anybody on the Dolphins in this game. Um. Fitzpatrick, no. And this is another awful matchup, and especially if he's without Devontae Parker, that's a big, big, big no. Uh, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, Miles Gaskin, I'll just put them all in one category. Um, I just want no part. No part. I mean, maybe Breida in full PPR and deeper leagues. Um, I just no. I really want no part in this backfield. Devontae Parker going up against Radavius White. No, thank you. Just keep the injury reports in mind when trying to figure out whether or not Devontae Parker is going to play. Well, if Devontae Parker doesn't play, then Preston Williams is going to get the Tredavious White experience. Right, and and Preston Williams, I don't want any part of either. So I would say uh, Devontae Parker is a flex for me. I do not have Devontae Parker. I do not have a Dolphins receiver inside my top 24. So um, I'm better. I would better off leaving them on the bench. Mike Kosicki, a deeper league, sure. Uh, I, I want to see it first. I, I never got on the Mike Kosicki bandwagon at all. So, I mean, if, if, if Devontae Parker's out, Preston Williams is going up against uh, Dredavious White, then Kosicki could have a role potentially and he could see increased volume. But I would say if you have a second option, it's better off you just throw them in there. Yep. All right, let's move on to our next game, and that's the Denver Broncos going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, the Broncos, their injury report is a bit is a bit much. They have a couple notable players here. Uh, Cortland Sutton with the uh, AC joint sprain. It's the AC joint sprain. Um, He's expected to be a game-time decision on Sunday. Uh, Phil Lindsay has the, uh, the turf toe thing. And apparently, according to ESPN, Fan- Vic Fangio said on a, in an appearance on KOA News Radio that Phil Lindsay probably won't play on Sunday at Pittsburgh. So, uh, you know, Melvin Gordon all the way. Yeah, I have a couple things to add to, um, to those updates as for uh Cortland Sutton he was a game time decision last week mm-hmm. he was limited in practice Wednesday limited Thursday I would expect him to be limited today as well so the fact that he was a game time decision on Monday night when they were playing the Titans in week one I think it's a good sign in terms of his ability to you know give it a go and play in week two as Philip Lindsay I've heard from multiple sources that have said that they expect Phil Lindsay to be week to week, not day to day, like Vic Fangio was saying. Yeah. So that definitely is a big source of concern, but it's good for Melvin Gordon. It's very, yes. very good for Melvin Gordon. The only problem is he's going up against the Steelers defense that just completely shut down Saquon Barkley. It's true. That is the only problem. So we're going to see if it was a matter of the Giants offensive line being absolutely terrible or if the Steelers 
front seven is really that good. And I think it's a combination of both, but we're going to, we're going to have to find out. I mean, I would say that the strength of the Steelers is that front seven and the weaknesses with them are their outside corners. So I think Cortland Sutton will have a chance if he does play, which I do expect him to play. He will have a real chance to put up a pretty nice game against the Steelers, especially if the Broncos are playing from, uh, from behind. Uh, just go and break these guys down very quickly. Well, also uh, Melvin go Gordon out of the back. Sorry, uh, Melvin Gordon out of the backfield because Saquon Barkley, you know, he wasn't able to do anything on the ground, but catching right. the ball, he had a really good game. Right, and that that saved his, that saved his day. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at Drew Locke. I'm saying I want no part. I mean, obviously in two in two quarterback leagues you have to play him, uh, but in in one quarterback leagues, no, I want no part of Drew Locke. Uh, keep him. Keep him on your bench, and I know that there's a better option for you out there. He's not even a top 25 option for me this week. Keep him on your bench. Melvin Gordon, plenty simple. Uh, we talked about this before. He's the, he's the guy, but he is going up against the Steelers' run defense, who, again, looked outstanding against Saquon Barkley. I would say that Melvin Gordon is a flex option at best. Even with Philip Lindsay out, I do not have Melvin Gordon inside my top 20. So I would take that for what you will. But I understand that you know people may not have better options on their bench, so they may have to start Melvin Gordon. So pray you can get some pass catching upside with Melvin Gordon, and then he should be all right. But I don't really expect a lot from him out of this game. Uh, Cortland Sutton talked about him. He's, he's a start for me. I have him ranked inside my top 20 of wide receivers. I think he's a pretty good start this week. Um, Judy, Jerry Judy looked okay Monday night. I'm not going to say that Jerry Judy looked outstanding by any, any means. My whole thing here is, I think I would be more comfortable finding somebody else for this spot, given now Jerry Judy is going to be going back to being a number two receiver. And he looked a little slow coming, coming out of the gate, as most rookies have. Your name is not Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I, I, Jerry Judy is a sit for me. I, I do not have him inside my top 36 for this week. Noah Fant had an unbelievable week one. He comes into this one. Riding that momentum, I think I think Noah Fant is a good, not great start, given the Steelers held the Giants' tight ends last week to just four catches for 26 yards. But if you don't have a safer option, then I understand you have to roll with Noah Fant. I don't think it's a terrible start. Yep. All right, so for the Steelers, um, you know, you like Big Ben in this game? Yes. Yeah, he's a... Uh, he Big Ben is very, very much a start. He's he's a top twelve option for me this week. The interesting thing is, uh, so James Conner looks like he's good now. I guess he was a full participant in Thursday's practice. Yeah. So yeah, back to the James Conner show in uh, in Pittsburgh. I don't know. See, even when I updated my rankings based on the news that uh, James Conner looks like he's going to play in this game. I still do not have James Conner ranked inside my top 24. I'm just very, very nervous that with a high ankle sprain 
that it's just it's not going to be a good time for James Conner. So I'm nervous to start him. I would say, if anything, I would continue to give Benny Snell a look. I think Benny Snell could serve as a very, very, very good flex option, especially if that ankle acts up for James Conner in a game situation where Connor then comes out of the game and then is hurt again, I think it could be an absolutely phenomenal, phenomenal day for Benny Snell, who, you know, even the Broncos, you know, they kept Derrick Henry in check for the most part. But I think Benny Snell is, he's in a great position with a fantastic offensive line to really produce, or even, or even James Connor, but it's just a matter of picking and choosing between the two. It's in a way kind of like the Bills guys where it's, where it's a matter of I don't really want to pick and choose who the guy is going to be this week. So I think it's just better off that you leave both of them out. But if you don't have any other option, then you have to start James Conner, and I would understand it. Yeah, uh, Benny Snell is actually still available in about 50% of ESPN uh, fantasy leagues. So That's, that's crazy. I know. Absolutely crazy. That's crazy to me. I know it's like they didn't even listen to our waiver wire show. That that that's crazy to me. If he's if he's available in your leagues, go pick him up, please. Um, receivers, yeah. Juju's a start, especially if AJ Boye is not healthy for this week. Juju is a must, 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 must start right now. I have him as a top ten play this week against the the Broncos. Deontay Johnson, and this is an interesting one because even though Juju got all the hype last week for the two touchdowns that he had against the Giants, it was Deontay Johnson who had the most targets, and it was by a wide margin and had the same number of receptions as Juju Smith-Schuster, but was lacking the touchdowns, obviously. So I think that Deontay Johnson is better off on your bench for this week but I would continue to say keep him on your periphery as someone that can break into your starting lineups and could challenge to be one of your starting receivers. I think a breakout is coming for Deontay Johnson. James Washington, not much here. He's the bigger play guy, but in a deeper league, if you have to play him, I still wouldn't really do it. I don't have him inside my top 50, so he's a sit for me. Um Eric Ebron, this is, this is an interesting one. One catch for 18 yards last week on two targets. Am I ready to bail on him yet? Probably not, but I definitely need to see more from Eric Ebron to justify keeping him on my fantasy roster if I am going to go ahead and do that. So um, I would say sit Ebron, wait to see what happens, and if he does not perform again, then it might be time to move on from Eric Ebron. All right. Uh, Next game is going to be – we're going to get this out of the way early. It's the Jets and Niners. Oh, boy. Yeah. What a a way – what a home opener. I mean, Jesus Christ. But for the 49ers here, um, you know, you like Jimmy – you got to like Jimmy G in this game. Um, the running backs are kind of okay. As far as, so I guess before we do even do that, let's go into the injury report because the injury report for the, for these two teams 
is like outrageous. It's heavy. Yeah. Uh, so for San Francisco, um, you know, D Ford did not practice on Thursday and uh, Jason Verrett is questionable. Uh, Richard Sherman's already out for this game. And George Kittle was a non-participant in Thursday's practice, but it looks like regardless of that, you know, I think Kyle Shanahan was like, George Kittle isn't going to practice this week, but we're going to play him on Sunday. That's kind of what it seemed like. Yes, even though I think there is a chance that George Kittle does sit just because it is that same leg that he injured last season. Mm -hmm. So I think that there is a possibility the Niners do take it a bit easy. With George Kittle, It is go they are going up against the Jets. And again, I'm sorry, Adam, but this should be a game that the 49ers have zero issue with. So well, you never I, know. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers just decide to sit George Kittle and roll with Jordan Reed as their, uh, their starting tight end. But uh, Garoppolo, he's a start for me, top 15 option. I would downgrade him a little bit if George Kittle is out. But he's still he's still a solid start if if you're uh, if you're going up against him I would say if you have better options um, then start them over Garoppolo unless Kittle is in then I would be playing Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean it's like other than Kittle it's like Kendrick Bourne is the only like wide receiver that he really has. Right, and Raheem Mostert also t- also took one to the house last week on a, yes. on a pass. So he is the also- leading receiver for the San Francisco 49ers. Yes. So that tells you all you need to know. Yeah, Mostert, most solid play. I have him inside my top 20. The Jets do have a good run defense. So I, I, I he's in my top 20. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if Tevin Coleman is more involved in this game, given the uh, lack of air quality that was going on in San Francisco last week as a result of the uh, of the fires that are going on in, uh, in California right now. So they definitely did play it light with Tevin Coleman, but now, you know, you're playing on the East coast. You're away from all that. Uh, Tevin Coleman could in fact have more of a role. We also have some breaking news, which is very pertinent to this game. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Jared I have McKinnon, a bad feeling about what it might be. Uh, yeah, it's not good. Uh, Jared McKinnon is a sit. Brandon Ayuk is a sit for me, but I would continue to continue to monitor him. Uh, even if he doesn't play, just because I think he does have a great opportunity if he does play. Uh, Kendrick Bourne has low-level flex appeal. He's not in my top 40 for this week. And Kittle, he's a must-start in seasonal leagues and in DFS if, if he plays. Now you want to go, now you want to, go to the, uh, the Jets? I saw the breaking news, and I yeah. hate it. Yep, not good. Jameson uh, Crowder isn't playing this game. Yeah. Oh, we're fucked. Oh, we are so fucked. I think the real question, the real question, who the hell are you playing on the New York Jets? It's not even a question of who you're sitting. You're sitting everybody. You're sitting everybody. But who's the guy you're most likely to play? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would play Brashad Perryman. Chris Herndon. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Just, just because there, there is no Richard Sherman. Yeah. So that helps if you're going to play Perryman. But again, I just want no part of this Jets offense. So I think the 49ers are just going to steamroll 
the Jets. I really do. Christmas. This is terrible. This is so, this is so bad. Here, Adam, I'll do, I'll do you a solid. We'll just say we'll just say you're sitting all the New York Jets, and we could swiftly move on from this game. So we don't have to give you any more harm. I'm like on the verge of tears. <laughs> I seriously. I this can't. is why. This is why I'm saying we just, we can just swiftly move on. I really wish that the Bills won that game that caused you to be a Cowboys fan because at least I can hold over all the other terrible things that the Bills have done over their franchise history. Thank you, Nick Falk. But I cannot. Thank you, Nick Falk. Yep. See, we both like Nick Falk. Great guy. Great guy. All right. Speaking of uh, Nick Falk, he actually kicked a game-winning field goal in uh, Peyton Manning's last game, and that was against the Indianapolis Colts, and that's who we're talking about next. (laughs) They're playing the Vikings. (laughs) That was a very swift transition. It's what I do. That was very, very, very swift. It is what I do. So the Minnesota Vikings, uh, surprisingly thin injury report, considering that almost every other team around the league has a, pre, has a pretty, pretty thick injury report. Uh, they only have uh, Cameron Dantzler, who's going to be questionable in this game. Um, frankly, you know, I like a lot. I like Kirk Cousins in this game, you know, you're going to be starting Dalvin Cook in this game. You're going to be starting Adam Thielen in this game. And I'm not crazy about the tight ends either. No, I, I agree with everything you just said. Uh, Kirk Cousins is a mid-range start. Um, I would say not even seasonal. I would say in super flex and two QB, I think he's a good start. But in, in one QB, nah. Nah. Dalvin Cook is a start. Absolutely. Adam Thielen is a start. Absolutely. The tight ends. No. It was pathetic last week, really, um, with how bad the uh, the tight ends were. Only three targets between Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith Jr. No thank you. Uh, as for the Colts, uh, I would say Phillip Rivers is a, is a good start. I think he's going to be throwing a pick at some point in this game. But I think he's at least a lock to throw for uh, over 300 yards, given how bad the Minnesota Vikings defense looked last week. So I think Phillip Rivers is a mid-range start. I have him inside my top 18 quarterbacks. Jonathan Taylor is a slam dunk start for me. Uh, Anybody who's been waiting for Marlon Mack to be driven out of town, this is your time. Uh, Jonathan Taylor is a must, 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 must play. Uh, Naeem Hines, much the same story. I think he's a very solid flex option. So uh, if you have him, I would say start him. Uh, T.Y. is a good start for this week. He's not inside my top 24, but I think he's an okay start just be, just because of the terrible, terrible defense he's going up against with the Minnesota Vikings. Paris Campbell, I don't have him inside my top 30, but he's a very intriguing start for me. Especially, especially in PPR, especially in PPR. I think he's a too. very good flex. Um, Michael Pittman, he, he still can develop here. Well, I was going to say, Michael Pittman and Zach Pascal are limited. We're limited in Thursday's yeah. practice. Pittman yes. with the toe and Pascal with the ankle. Well, and they're not. They're not. They're not starts anyway. Yeah, they're not. They're not starts anyway. And then Jack Doyle uh, and, was also also a non-participant in Thursday. Yeah, even if Jack Doyle plays, he's a no-go. Let's talk about the Panthers and the Buccaneers. 
that should be fun. Uh, this is for the Panthers. Uh, what are you looking at? Who are you looking at for the Panthers? Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's a sit. Very easy enough there. Um, McCaffrey, I don't even need to go into this. You're your number one pick. You're playing him. What? I didn't even think. I, I had no idea. I was going to sit Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I know. Crazy. Craziness. I know. Craziness. You're, you're playing McCaffrey. I thought he was a matchup-dependent flex. What is this? <laughs> <laughs> um, DJ Moore, this is an interesting one. I think I do not have him inside my top 12 this week. I do have him inside my top 15, however. He's a start for me. But I would have been really annoyed just to see Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel really, really eating into his target share last week. DJ Moore only had one more target than Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel. And Robbie Anderson just blew him out of the water in terms Fucking of use Robbie uh, Anderson this week. In terms of yards and catches. Yeah. I mean, I could feel good about DJ Moore for this week. But I'm a little nervous about it because, I mean, it's like I said, if you're going to have Robbie Anderson as the guy, it's going to be your big play guy and scoring touchdowns and all of that. And then you also have McCaffrey, who's going to get his fair share as well. You're left asking yourself, where does that leave DJ Moore and his ability to really, you know, get to his ceiling instead of just being a guy that hits his floor? So. He's a good start, but it's one that I'm a little trepidatious about for sure. Uh, Rami Anderson, I think it's a solid flex. I think you're really rooting for a big play there if you are going to go even anywhere near that. Uh, Curtis Samuel, for me, he's a okay start. I really would love to avoid him, but if you're in a deeper league and you have to go that way, fine. But I just really doubt that Curtis Samuel is going to get a game again where he sees eight targets like he did in week one against the Raiders. It's just not something that I personally see. And Ian Thomas, you just, I could not give you a reason that where, why you would even think about starting Ian Thomas. Uh, he's definitely a sit. Well, uh, the Buccaneers, actually, it's a bit more interesting as far as start sets. Um, you know, I, the funny thing is before we do that, I, uh, I on my fantasy team, personally, I'm having a bit of a wide receiver controversy where I need a, I need a third wide receiver because AJ Brown and Jameson Crowder are both injured are both going to potentially be out. Don't ask me. That's true. I can't ask you. Don't ask me because we're playing each other. Yep. Sorry. So I'm looking at, I'm looking at it. I don't know. I'm confused, but I'll figure it out. I'm not asking you play Des Bryant. That's a good idea. I hear it's going to be a great start this week. Yeah. Was he a top five play for you? Uh, top one. Top one. Top one play. Anyway, so uh, the Carolina Panthers going up against the Buccaneers. Buccaneers, very interesting. You know, Tom Brady, you're, you're starting in this game. And really the controversy is with the, with the running game. What's going on with the running game? You think Ronald Jones is still going to be the, number, still going to be the guy heading into week one? I personally could not believe that Ronald Jones outcarried Leonard Fournette seventeen to five against the Saints. I thought that was unbelievable. Um, I'm nervous to suggest that that's going to happen again, considering the flippy floppiness, let's say, of how Bruce Arians goes and addresses his running backs. I mean, he 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 changes like the tide when it comes to uh, Ronald Jones. 
and what he could potentially be for this offense. But listen, if Ronald Jones continues to to do his thing, he looked fine against the Saints. And I think he can have a really, really good game here against the Carolina Panthers defense that just hemorrhaged three touchdowns to Josh Jacobs last week. So I think Ronald Jones is a good start for me. I have him as a high-end flex for this week. Leonard Fournette, there's not enough production to go around, especially in that backfield right now for both Jones and Fournette. Jones did nothing wrong last week. I think Jones is going to be the primary ball toter again for the Bucs, and this is what's leading me to sit Leonard Fournette this week. That's what I'm Chris, doing. Yeah, as you should. As for Chris Godwin, we just mentioned him. He has cleared concussion protocol. He is going to be back in practice today in at least a limited capacity, which looks good for his status heading into Sunday. If all checks out and Chris Godwin does not suffer any setbacks, he is a fantastic star, and I would put him in my top 12 receivers for this week. As for Mike Evans, I would say he's a good start considering there's no more James Bradbury for him to really be faced with with Carolina. But even then, Mike Evans has always been very, very good against the Carolina Panthers. I will say there is definitely more volatility with Mike Evans, but I think Mike Evans is a solid start. I have him inside my top 24. I think he is a good start. I won't say a great start like I would for Chris Godwin. Scotty Miller, this is this is an interesting one because he's someone that really that people took notice of with Jameis, and now that he's with Tom Brady, you could see that Tom Brady is really attracted to those tiny slot receivers that just make really, really good plays. And five catches for seven, 73 yards was really, really nice last week. He had a drop, so it could have been six catches for at least 85 yards. So you're talking about a guy that really is a very, very safe option. But the only issue that I have here is this is a game that the Bucks should be winning and winning big in. And I just don't know if Scotty Miller is going to have the opportunity to really produce like he did last week when the Bucks were playing from behind, playing in garbage time. I don't expect garbage time to be a factor here. And I think Scotty Miller is kind of on the outside looking in for this week. He's a sit for me, even though I do like him and I would continue to monitor him very, very, very closely. As for Mr. Gronkowski, he, he's looking like he's going to be outperformed by OJ Howard. And I, I, I like OJ Howard a lot more than I like Gron, uh, Rob Gronkowski this week. So I'm sitting both of the uh, Tampa, Tampa tight ends until I see something that shows me that Gronk is back to being the guy that potentially he was, but I just don't really see that happening. So, um, and I would say that the we haven't even been talking about the defenses, Adam. We're so we're so damn stupid. Um, well, we talked about the defenses on Tuesday, actually. Really, not we true. About waiver ad or waiver ads. True, true. All right. So I mean, we'll talk. We'll, I mean, we'll talk about the uh, the de- the defenses here. We'll just catch everybody up really quick. Buffalo is a great start defensively. 49ers are a great start defensively. Um, 
Pittsburgh's a fantastic start, no problem there. Uh, the Minnesota Indianapolis defenses, I want no part of. Carolina defense, I want no part of. And the Bucks defense, I don't want any part of as well, just because of McCaffrey. Yep. All right. I think I think that's everybody. I think we, I think we covered everybody. Yep. I think that I think we covered everybody as well. Sweet. So We're going up. next up is Jacksonville and Tennessee. Uh, a classic, boring game. Titans Jags. Uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, um, not a uh, not a crazy injury report. Just Tower Davis and the other Josh Allen that are on on the injury report for Jacksonville. Uh, do you like Gardner Minshew in this game? Yep. Start. Yep. What Great about the running back situation? Uh, James Robinson looks like the uh, the bell cow back for uh, for the Jaguars. He's a middle of the road flex, I would say. I don't think that he he's some, not someone that's going to really peak his ceiling every single week. But I think if you're looking for a guy that's going to give you 16, 17 carries and give you 70, 80 yards, I think he's a he's a solid enough flex there. So. Uh, yeah, he's 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 a good flex for me. Uh, DJ Chark I have as a top 15 play. I'm starting him. Um, I would say that Jacksonville, they only threw the ball 20 times last week. So that explains why Chark only had three targets, but he caught all three, which included a touchdown. So I think that usage is going to go up, and I think DJ Chark is going to benefit from that. So DJ Chark, top 15 play. He is a must-start for me. As for the other receivers, Keelan Cole, LaVisca Chenault, Chris Conley, D.D. Westbrook, they're all sets. All sets. The only one that I'm really keeping my eye on here is LaVisca Chenault. I think he is rosterable, but I would keep him on my bench until we see his role continue to grow more and more on a more and more on a weekly basis. So uh, that's just how I feel about the, uh, the Jacksonville uh, receivers. All right. And uh, not crazy about the tight ends either. No, not crazy about the tight ends, not crazy about the Jacksonville defense either. Yep. All right, so uh, the Tennessee Titans, you got to like a lot of people in this game. (laughs) You got to like Tannehill. Uh, Derrick Henry looks like he's going to do really, really well considering uh, what Naeem Hines did to this Jacksonville defense just a week ago. And especially, especially, especially – if AJ Brown doesn't play, Corey Davis is going to have a game. Uh, I'm looking at Ryan Tannehill and, and and Adam. I mean, you know what you get from Ryan Tannehill. He's going to get you 250 yards and a couple touchdowns every single week. That's Which just is what he does. What he, got what he does. Week. He got 250 yards and two touchdowns last week. Right. That's so. what he. It's what he does. So he's a fine start if you're look if you're looking for the floor. I think he's a, he's a terrific start there. Derrick Henry, you're starting. I mean, if he can come in with three receptions a game with how well he runs, he could be a top five back. I really, really believe so. And I have him as my number four running back for this week. A.J. Brown, I do not expect him to play in this game with that bone bruise in his knee. So that does open up an opportunity for Corey Davis. See, I don't have Corey Davis ranked inside my top 24 for this week. I think he is a he's a high-end flex. My problem here is I think the Titans do win this game, and they win this game pretty big where they really give Derrick Henry the opportunity to just run the ball 
and run the ball big time here. So that does hurt Corey Davis a little bit, but I would say given the number of wide receiver injuries that seem to be popping up over the course of this week and even last week as well. Including Corey Davis. If you have to start Corey Davis, then you, you go ahead and you start him. You go ahead and you start him. I think you feel you feel fine about it, especially if he is the number one passing option in number one receiving option in this offense. John U. Smith. I think he's a very, very good start. I don't have him inside my top 12, but I do have him inside my top 15. I think if you have a better option at tight end, you go ahead and you start that option. But John Smith, for me, he is a top 15 play, high-end tight end two, and a good start. Yep. Well, especially if uh, Corey Davis' hamstring problem uh, limits him in, uh, in Sunday's game. Well, he was limited last week, too. Yes, and he still managed to put up seven for for a buck one. So, so what are you going to do? That's it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good game for Corey Davis, especially if if and when AJ Brown is ruled out for this game. So, the Atlanta Falcons and the Dallas Cowboys. So, what do you what are you looking at for this game? What are you thinking for this game? Oh, this is going to be a barn burner of a game, isn't it? Um, <laughs> they usually are between the Falcons and the Cowboys. Yeah, there are going to be a lot of points scored in this game. Uh, Matt Ryan, 450 yards, two touchdowns last week. Uh, I really, really expect that Matt Ryan is going to threaten 300 yards again and have, have a minimum, minimum of two touchdowns in this game. Matt Ryan, a fantastic start. I have him as a top six play for this week. As for Todd Gurley, I think the 14 carries last week was really a product of the game script and the team really playing from behind. And not it, I don't think it really was the Falcons trying to limit Gurley's touches at all. Uh, they were basically done with the game. They really had no reason to play Todd Gurley and, and utilize him. So they just let that run out and let Matt Ryan, Julio, Ridley, Gage uh, have their opportunity to shine and just give Gurley a little bit of a rest there. Um, but Gurley this week, I think, is a is a really, really good play. I have him as a top 24 option. He is currently my RB16 for this week. Uh, Julio, start. It's a no-brainer. We don't need to talk about that as much. You're starting him, especially in this matchup where uh, the Cowboys just hemorrhaged points last week, and this should be another really, really good game for Julio. Uh, Calvin Ridley, much of the same. Uh, he had a monster game last week, and I think that he's really going to be much of the same this week. I do expect a 100-yard game from Calvin Ridley. He's a start. Uh, Russell Gage, this is, this is an interesting one, considering, again, if you're, if you're in wide receiver trouble a little bit, I think Russell Gage could be an interesting play. Um, the only issue that I have here is he really is the fourth option for the Falcons. So I don't know if the looks are going to be as consistent as they were last week, but if you're needing help at the receiver position, then Russell Gage could be a good play. And Hayden Hurst, he was a disappointment last week, really that a lot of people were thinking that he was the heir apparent to Austin Hooper's targets. And he only had five receptions. He only had five targets and only came in with three of them. So, um, it's a bit concerning, but it's only one game. And it's his first one with his new team. I'm not really concerned about it as much. 
I would really be cutting Hayden Hurst some slack here. I mean, I'm not particularly worried about Hayden Hurst. I think if you have if you have him and he's your only tight end, you're throwing him out there for, for week two. I think he's a top 10 play for me, and I think he'll be just fine this week. Yeah, I agree. I agree. The interesting thing is the Falcons put up 522 yards last week against the Seahawks. So, uh, yeah, it's kind of a lot. And, you know, you, you got to think that if this game ends up being a, a barn burner, like you say, that the Falcons are going to put up something close to that against the, uh, against the Cowboys. And the Seahawks allegedly have a good defense. So, right, right. Um, worth watching there. And for the Cowboys, uh, you like Dak and you like Zeke in this game. Amari Cooper with the foot has a foot injury. What are you thinking about that? Amari Cooper had a foot injury last week, and he, he had his foot hamstring. He had freaking everything last week. And Amari Cooper still put up a big 10-catch, 81-yard day. Uh, Amari Cooper's a top-seven player for me this week. Start him, start him, start him, start him. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, he is my number one running back for this week. Number one, start him. Dak Prescott, he is my number two quarterback this week. Start him. Michael Gallup, he's a top 20 play for me this week. Start him. CeeDee Lamb, top 30 play for me this week. Start him. Dalton Schultz, if you need a tight end and you're in a bit of tight end hell, you can pick him up, you can sit him on your bench, you can see what he does. Um, I think that there, this is a prime opportunity for the Cowboys offense to get right after last week. And I think that they're able to really have a a lot of guys in this offense that can absolutely 100% produce. Yeah. I mean, I don't foresee a situation where you're going to be sitting Ezekiel Elliott or Dak Prescott, frankly, because you drafted them so high in in your draft. Well, Ezekiel Elliott, especially because I, I mean, in my fantasy draft, you know, I, I drafted Zeke uh, third overall. So I mean, this is a situation where, of course, you're you're starting him, especially against the uh, Falcons, who are not great at all against the run. No, their defense is just terrible in every single way imaginable. All right, next game is the Rams and the Eagles. And I will say, I will say also, Titans defense great start. Both defenses in this game are sets. Yes, definitely. Uh, yeah, we talked about the Titans in the in the waiver show, just that they were a good waiver pickup for yes. this week. Yep. All right, so the Rams and the Eagles. The Rams go on cross-country to Philadelphia. Uh, where What are your start sits here for the Los Angeles Rams? Jared Goff still hasn't thrown a touchdown yet this season. You know, it's only been one game, but still. Yeah, but I look at the Eagles' defense, and I just say, that's a defense that, is just, that just looks so, so, so bad. Uh, I, I expect Goff to throw a couple touchdowns in this one. I have him firmly as a top 15 play, so he's a good start for me. Malcolm Brown, this is an interesting one, just because I know he was a very popular waiver ad. I, I told you I was very, very apprehensive about Malcolm Brown, just because there's a real possibility that – this could be just a Cam Akers week. So he's a sketchy flex play, but I understand if you have to start him, like I have to start Malcolm Brown and I don't have a choice. I'm nervous about it, but I do not have an option. So Malcolm Brown for me is a good start 
where you're in a bit of a crunch, but he's a scary one. I mean, you're basically asking him to go ahead and score again. Cam Akers is a sit for me, even though he got the 14 carries and one target in the passing game, which really wasn't bad. Uh, you could see the, the, that he was still learning a little bit. So uh, I'm sitting Cam Akers in this one. As for the receivers, uh, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, both starts, both fantastic starts. Uh, even though Robert Woods probably will have to deal with Darius Slay here, I still think Robert Woods is a great, 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 great start. Same thing with Cooper Cup. Tyler Higby is a good start, but I have him inside just as my tight end 10 for this week, only because even with Gerald Everett leaving the game last week with a back injury, Tyler Higby was only three catch 40 yard guy. So that's not exactly great. And some are really concerned that Higby is going to come crashing back to earth here in 2020, but I'm not concerned as of yet, but if he doesn't go off this week and have a reasonably good game, I would suggest pushing the panic button on Tyler Higby. Yeah, well, especially since Gerald Everett's on the injury report uh, this week. Yes, and we also have some breaking news. Yes. It is looking increasingly likely that Michael Thomas is going to play Monday night. Ooh, that... I, I can't believe it. That is quite the breaking news. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I don't want to believe it, considering that I'm playing you this week. Well, I don't know if I want to start him. It's true. It's true. I I don't know. Well, we'll talk about it on Monday. <laughs> I guess I guess so. Uh, quick a quick rundown uh, for the Eagles. Carson Wentz is a sit. Um, Miles Sanders is an okay start. I have him inside my top 15. Deshaun Jackson sit. Jalen Rieger sit. Earth start. Goddard start. And there we go. And the Rams. Rams defense, I would say, is a solid start as well. Eagles defense, no, ch- no chance. Definitely. All right. So the Giants and the Bears. A matchup as old as time. Oh, this game. This game. This game. Uh, for the Giants, um, Golden Tate's still on the injury report. Um, I don't know. What's it looking like for uh, Golden I've, Tate? I've heard it's looking increasingly unlikely that Golden Tate is going to play, so that means more looks for uh, Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard. He did practice this today, uh, today, Friday. He practiced. Golden Tate did. He did practice today? Yeah. Okay. So then Joe Judge said he's quote-unquote – Progressing nicely. Progressing okay. nicely. Yeah. Okay. I did so. not see that that uh, the injury update. So he, he could have a shot then to play. But I think that regardless, you know, Darius Slayton's going to be the number one receiver for the uh, for the New York Giants. Yeah, I think he's a, he's an okay starter. I have him as a wide receiver three for this week, just because the Chicago Bears did not give up a massive, massive play last week. So he's a, he's an okay start. I'm not going to say he's a, he's a, he's a great start by, uh, by any means. Sterling Shepard is much in the same boat as Darius Slayton. I think they're both solid wide receiver threes for this week. Uh, Daniel Jones is a sit in one quarterbacks and a much more comfy option 
in Superflex leagues. Uh, Saquon Barkley is a must start for this week. He is my RB3 on the week, given that the Chicago Bears just gave up 90 yards to Adrian Peterson last week. Uh, Barkley should be going over 100 yards easy in this game. And Evan Ingram, I think, is a really, really good start as well. Of course, the Chicago Bears did give up a touchdown last week to TJ Hawkinson, who really did rip that Bears defense to pieces. And I think Ingram could be a good start this week after laying an egg last week against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Bears make it easy. Trubisky is a fine flyer this week if you if you need if you need a stream he's a fine play uh david montgomery i am hesitant to start in seasonal in seasonal league so i i have him inside my top my top 36 but he's not inside he's not out he's not inside my top 30 no way no 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 he is he's my rb 33 for the week so I'm not really looking to go there yet. Allen Robinson, start. Anthony Miller, start. Jimmy Graham, sit. Yep. Actually, so just completely off subject, um, talking about the Jets game. So the Jets receiving depth chart is Brashard Perriman, Chris Hogan, and Braxton Berrios, who's going to be in the slot. Uh, Simini was tweeting saying that Braxton Berrios is kind of an underrated receiver and he thinks the Jets might run more two tight end sets. So I I'd be shocked because Adam Gaze never likes to do that. But yeah, I would be very, very, very surprised. Maybe this is the thing that forces his hand. I don't know. But anyway, I like We're the Bears, find out. Yeah, I like the Bears defense in this uh in this game though. Not me, only because they really did struggle last week against the uh, the Lions. But I could see the Bears defense getting a turnover or two in this game, sure. And a bunch of sacks. Potentially, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, especially, I don't know what's going on. Well, Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are both on the injury report. So, yeah, I think I think it's more for uh, for maintenance reasons more than more than anything else. I haven't heard anything concrete about. Um, their status really being in question. All right. So next game here will be the – hold on. The Packers and the Lions. Oh, we didn't get to that one yet. Ooh. We did not. Ooh. Okay. Um, easy one. Uh, Matt Stafford is a top 15 play for me. Uh, he is a start. I fully expect him to be – to have at least 250 yards and two touchdowns in this game. Um, Adrian Peterson's a flex for me, especially that he is now the main ball carrier for the Detroit Lions. I really do think that he is the guy, especially now that really carrying on is now useless and DeAndre Swift is now really a work in progress. DeAndre Swift is a sit. Uh, Kenny Galladay, I do not expect to play in this game. I have not heard um, any updates about his status, but as of Wednesday's practice and Thursday's practice, he did not give it a go in both. So I would say that Friday is going to be very, very telling about what the status of Kenny Galladay is. But if I had to place money on something, I would say Kenny Galladay is going to be out for another week. According to the, uh, the ESPN injury report, 
Matt Patricia said that Galladay might practice on Friday, but he'll be limited if he does practice on Friday. Well, if he does practice, that would be a good sign. Yeah. That would be, that would be a good sign. And I would, actually, I would actually like Marvin Jones a lot more if Kenny Galladay plays. So I would say that Kenny Galladay, if he does play, Galladay would be inside my top 24. Uh, Marvin Jones would be inside my top 36 if he plays, but I think both would be okay options. Uh, Hawkinson is a good start. I have him inside my top 15 tight ends. Don't have him as a, t- as a top 12 option, but he is a very, very exciting young tight end. And the beginning of the season, again, was quite encouraging, but we saw this last year where he had a big week in week one and then did nothing else the rest of the season. So you just want to see him become a bit more consistent. So um, I want to really wait and see with Hawkinson. So if you have a better option, start that other option over TJ Hawkinson. Yeah. Well, on the other side of the coin, I really like a lot of the Packers going yeah. to this game. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a big day. Aaron Jones is going to have a big day. You know, you're starting Devontae Adams regardless. And really the only questions remain are like the, you know, the fringe wide receivers and the, uh, and Jay Sternberger, the tight end. Rogers, Jones, Adams. All there starts. you go. All starts. Okay, cool. So we are moving now into the four o'clock hour. Hooray. Hip, uh, hip. Washington and Arizona. Washington underrated win against the Philadelphia Eagles. Terrific win. Terrific win. Great win. Yeah. Great win. Great team. So for the, uh, for the football team against the Cardinals, who are you liking? The only guy that I like is McLaurin. Yeah. You think he's going up again? Well, he's going up against uh, Patrick Peterson. Yep. So. And even, even then, even then I'm, I'm not a, huge fan but if i had to pick one i would say mclaurin this game is actually kind of easy because uh i think you're starting Kyler murray here you're starting deandre hopkins here yep um are you starting Kenyon drake yep chase edmonds no okay no just i want to see it more from Chase Edmonds, I would say, though, that he's a great stash and keeper in Dynasty, considering this is the last year of Kenny Drake's deal. So there's a real possibility that Edmonds could become the guy next year. But for this year, uh, no, not for me. All right. Well, yeah, that was easy. So let's move on to the next one. I would, I would say um, the other guys, the other receivers, Fitzgerald, I would sit. Uh, and Christian Kirk, I would say... Uh, he's in my top 33. So I think he's an okay start if you don't have anybody else. Well, that's literally my situation. So thank you, Bird. Oh, are you, st- <laughs> are you starting Christian Kirk? Well, I ha- it's either him or Curtis Samuel. <laughs> Sit Christian Kirk. Curtis Samuel, much better play. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> listen, I listen, I... I don't know. Arizona defense also is a top five play for me this week. Yep. All right. Next game is the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Houston Texans in Houston. 
Lamar Jackson, you're starting in this game, especially considering what Patrick Mahomes did to uh, to this defense. Um, what about the running backs and the receivers? I do not like the running backs here. Uh, I just feel like the new buck being J.K. Dobbins just kills Mark Ingram's value. And uh, Ingram is no more than a low-end flex for me. I, it's just something that I'm very, very, very scared of. Uh, if you can go get Dobbins for a reasonable price, do it. Um, but I, after two touchdowns last week, I don't know if there is a reasonable price for Dobbins, honestly. Um, so I would say that I like Dobbins more than Ingram this week. Um, Hollywood, start for me. Uh, Willie Sneed, sit. Mark Andrews, fabulous, fabulous, fabulous play this week, especially what the Texans did last week, allowing Travis Kelsey to score. I think Mark Andrews is going to be in the same position, and I do think Mark Andrews scores in this game. Yep, definitely. I I like Mark Andrews as well, especially since he had two touchdowns against Cleveland last week. And uh, going up against Houston, I think he's – I don't think he's going to match that, but I think he's still going to have a good game regardless. Yeah, and for for the Texans, I'll just make this easy. Uh, Watson – this is an interesting one because I think it really depends on, you know, what better options you have. Well, what better op- what options are there for Deshaun Watson? I mean, uh, I'm going to just pull up my QB ranks because I have, I have Deshaun Watson outside my top 10 for this week. I would not want to play him. Would you rather play Deshaun Watson or Cam Newton? Oh, f- see – I thought we were going to have this conversation a bit later into the show, but I guess we're going to have to do we're going to do this right now. I I think I'd rather have Cam Newton. I would as well. I would rather have Cam. I have Cam as my tenth ranked uh, quarterback. Deshaun as my eleventh. Uh, Deshaun Watson or Drew Brees? Well, you know how much I love Drew Brees. I know you do. I like I like Drew Brees. I know you do a whole lot. Yeah, he's he's the real. The real goat. Stop it. I'm kidding. It's Joe Montana. Stop it. Watson or Breeze? Uh, Drew Breeze. I'm going with Watson. Watson or Ben Roethlisberger? Um, I'd rather have Big Ben. I'd rather have Big Ben as well. Uh, I'll give you one more. Uh, Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers easy for me. So, yeah, I think if you have any of those guys, I think that it's a, it's a fine start. I think if you're looking for a streamer, um, Ryan Tannehill is an excellent stream if you're a little nervous to, uh, to play Deshaun in this matchup. We talked about uh, Trubisky also. Yeah, Trubisky could be a good stream. I, I don't know if I would personally do it. I don't really know if I have the stones to go and do that. But, you know, if you, if you, if you trust Trubisky enough, then I guess it's fine. Uh, Garoppolo for me is another really, really good stream. If, if, um, George Kittle is going to play on Sunday, which as of 12, 17 PM on Friday, um, I've just gotten word that George Kittle is a game time decision 
for Sunday. And then one more injury uh, tidbit here that I just received. It is looking like Amari Cooper is, in fact, going to play on Sunday with that foot injury. Like I said, there's not much of a concern there. So just a little bit of injury news for you. Uh, David Johnson, I have him just inside my top 24. The Ravens' rush defense is very, very, very good. What helps him is that Duke Johnson is injured and may not play in this game. But I think it does give David Johnson a few more carries and a few more catches. So I think his floor definitely is a bit safer. I just don't know what his ceiling is. You are really rooting for David Johnson to score in this game for him to to return a really, really nice uh, fantasy day. And that's yeah. just kind of that. I mean, the Ravens' rush defense is so good, it made us question our faith in Nick Chubb. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And there was even a trade that went down in one of my leagues this week where uh, Nick Chubb and Will Fuller were traded for Leonard Fournette and Miles Sanders. Wow. Yeah, that was just someone to get out of Nick Chubb, and Nick Chubb just goes and puts up a 26 Is that the same person offered that? Because somebody offered that a similar trade to you. Mm-hmm. Same yep. person? Yep, it's the same, it's the same person. Wow. Who ended up making making another deal. All right. Uh, uh, speaking of the Texans' injuries, your Brandon Cooks also with the quad remained limited in practice at, on Thursday. Um, I don't know what's it looking like. He's gonna is it looking looking like he's gonna play. He's a he's a risky start for me. Very 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 yeah. very risky start. Uh, the only really receiver here that I'm thinking about starting is Will Fuller. I think if he's healthy, he's a must start receiver. So start. Well, there you go. Okay. And then, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, it's not like you're looking at Darren Fells as a, as a starting caliber <laughs> tight end. Yeah, exactly. So let's move on to the Kansas City Chiefs heading down west to SoFi Stadium to this play will be the Los quick. Angeles chart. This will be a quick one. Yeah, you're starting all your Chiefs in this game, definitely. Yep. I, the only Chief I'm not starting here is Sammy Watkins. That's it. But Mahomes, Clyde, Tyreek, Kelsey, all starts. Yep. All starts. Yep. Done. Chiefs, Chiefs defense as well. Top five play for me this week. Great yep. start. The interesting thing about the Chargers is that they're dealing with a lot of injuries. Uh, sp- yeah. Well, important injuries to say that. Their center, Mer- uh, Mike Pouncey, is going to be out for the season. Unfortunate. Uh, Joey Bosa, his with a try injury, was limited. For Thursday's practice, and Justin Jackson with a quad did not suit up for Thursday's practice. So I think this is going to be more of Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly for the for the Chargers. Yeah, I think this is really it's it's turning into Josh Kelly carving out himself a really nice role uh, in this rushing attack for the uh, for the Chargers. Tyrod, sit for me. Austin Eckler, top twenty play. I, I like him. I, I like him even more in PPR and non-PPR. I think I would have him outside my top 24. Uh, Josh Kelly is a top 30 play for me. I would start him in a flex if you need to, especially in, in leagues that are uh, 12 teams and over. He at the very least should be rostered in those leagues. Uh, Keenan Allen, a very safe floor. I have him as a top 20 play start. Uh, Mike Williams, I tell you, I really like Mike Williams, given that 
despite him and Tyrod not necessarily being the best mix in the world, they do have a nice little rapport with each other, given that he led the team in targets last week with nine and came down with four catches for 69 nice yards. So I'm telling you, I mean, I, there's something about Mike Williams. I think this could be the time that he really does start to shine for the, uh, for the chargers. And I have him as a top 30 play. So he's a, uh, he's a okay start, especially in a flex and in deeper leagues where you might be in a little of a bind. Uh, Hunter Henry, very, very strong start. Very, very, very strong start, especially when the chiefs allowed a touchdown last week to Jordan Akins. Um, I think Hunter Henry is a, he's a good bet that you could say if there's anybody here, that's going to score this week. It could be uh, Hunter Henry. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's move on to the Sunday night game. And it is the new England Patriots going up against the Seattle Seahawks. The, uh, the West coast trip for going all the way cross country from new England Boston, Massachusetts, all the way to Seattle, Washington. One of the hardest trips to make in the NFL because it's, it's, it's a long one. So who are you liking for New England? I know, I think we talked about this before, Air, that you're a little conflicted on Cam Newton. Yeah. I mean, he, he it kind of looks like that he needed those rushing touchdowns to really have a nice day considering he only threw – for 155 yards, I think the teams are going to be a bit more aware now of that, especially the Seattle Seahawks. So I would say Cam Newton is a he's a top 15 play. Uh, I have him right now as my QB 12 exactly, um, but I could see that potentially moving uh, down a little bit. Uh, Sony Michelle, I think that he is a fade in an all all levels um i understand that there's the potential that he could just run one in from one or two yards out but for me with cam newton there the bigger body the more athletic guy um sony michelle is a fade um james white a very disappointing option last week but i think now where there's going to be more competition in this game where the patriots are not just going to run at the end of the game, given the Dolphins were just completely unable to do anything on offense last week against the Patriots. This game is going to be a lot closer, and I think James White will be utilized a bit more. He is a flex option for me this week. Uh, Julian Edelman, again, it was much of the same as James White for me that you would have expected a bigger day from Edelman, but I think in a closer game where it's going to be – the Patriots are going to be forced to throw the ball a little bit more and open up their offense more. Um, I like Julian Edelman this week. I think he's a very, very good uh, – he's a high-end wide receiver three. I think he is in PPR. You can even say he's a low-end wide receiver two, where I think he could be down for seven catches around 70, 75 yards and a touchdown in this game. So I think Edelman is a very, very good start. And Nikhil Harry is a sit, but continue to monitor him considering he had five catches last week against the Dolphins. So it's very clear that Cam Newton does like Nikhil Harry a little bit. Well, the interesting thing also for both Edelman and Nikhil Harry is that they were limited in Thursday's practice. 
uh, Nikhil Harry with the shoulder injury and Julian Edelman with the knee. So uh, monitor the injury report because, you know, if one goes down, then the other one might be in for a bigger day. Correct. And for Seattle, uh, their injuries, not, not a lot on, well, not a lot for the skill positions. The only one really is Philip Dorsett and he's not really worth a look in fantasy. So the real pieces that you're looking at are all healthy. Russell Wilson. Start. Definitely. Uh, Chris Carson. Start. What about Carlos Hyde? Sit, but if you're in a deeper league and you're looking for a flex, I think he's okay but uninspiring. I just I would not go there. For me, he's only a handcuff for uh, for Chris Carson. DK Metcalf? This is an interesting one. Um, it really depends on who he draws. If he's drawing Stephon Gilmore, then DK Metcalf will definitely take a bit of a hit. But if he's drawing uh, JC Jackson, then I think he could be okay. Um, I have him down right now as a top 24 play. Same with Tyler Lockett, but it really just depends on who draws Stephon Gilmore and whoever is not on Stephon Gilmore, whoever is not facing Gilmore, I think is the one that has a better day here. All right. And then, so you're, that's like the, 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 the defining factor between him and Tyler Lockett is who is drawing Stephon Gilmore. Yes. yes. That's what, yes. Okay. And I, I think I would expect for it to be Metcalf if I had to make a guess. Okay. That makes more sense. But I, the, it, it is entirely possible that both do get a little bit of Gilmore. It, it is entirely, entirely possible. Just because they're both pretty good threats from right. uh, opposite ends of the field. Right, exactly. And, I mean, that could mean some, stu- some interesting things brewing for uh, Greg Olson and Will Disley if um, Metcalf and Lockett underperform in this game. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Olsen is a touchdown-dependent sort of start, but he's got the opportunity for more, no doubt. Same with Disley. All right. And the, the defenses in this game you're not touching? Uh, no. 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 This game looks like it's going to be a point bonanza. Yeah, I think, I think so. I think the, uh, the over-under for this game right now is 54.5. So yeah. Vegas, Vegas thinks so as well. This is going to be a point fest. All right, so yeah, next week we're going to be talking about the Monday night game and hopefully getting some more clarity on uh, Michael Thomas's injury, maybe, <laughs> and whether or not he's actually going to be starting uh, that game in the Death Star in Las Vegas against the Raiders. But until then, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show and the Basement Talk Podcast and the Quizvitational on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Um, did you already record the uh, the final for the Quizvitational? Uh, not yet. We are still trying to work on that. Okay. So definitely expect that because I think that's going to be it's going to be a real fun one. Yes. Yeah. You know, it is coming though. I promise. Yeah. Really put the. Uh, Give more meaning to the to the quiz of giants because that's really going to be a quiz of giants. It's going to be a barn burner. Yeah, but regardless, next week 
like I said, we're going to be talking about all the games that happened on Sunday, as well as previewing Monday night's showdown between the Saints and the Raiders. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I'm Adam Caster, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Bye-bye.